Welcome to episode 24 of Material Podcast, a podcast about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by the Sizzle and DroidCon San Francisco. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, Russell Ivanovich and Andy Anako. Hello, friends. Hello. Hello, Yasmin. How's things? Good. I just received a gift from Project Fi. It is their awesome Lego kit. Oh, you got one of which these of course, as well. Yeah. So, of course, everyone's going to be upset because I'm showing uh, Russell and Andy something <laughs> on the screen and everyone's like, "We want it. you need to either stop talking about this stuff or you need to show us some video. So, no, I'm just going to, I'll take, I, there's pictures on Twitter. We'll post a link. So, I got this fun little box that says, Happy Holidays uh, from Google. And you open it up. And it has Lego pieces, which are really fun. So you get to build this uh, charging port, can, uh, like a holder. And it even comes with, what is that? Can anyone see? Oh, USB-A uh, to USB-C. Yeah. Those things are, uh, yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah, so I got a nice uh, USB Type-C to USB uh, plug cable from Project Fi. So it's their way of just saying thank you for supporting Project Fi. Um, so it's really fun, like the... It's really colorful and the Project Fi colors, which is uh, green, blue, and yellow. And it's just a fun little gift. So they didn't have to do that. And that was a fun fun thing for them um, to do. So I'm excited to build it. It comes with instructions. So it's a little like a dock for your phone so you can charge it. So I am excited to have that at my desk. Now look, Here, I, show you. I, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, I built one of these back in 2009, Google, and I should have patented it clearly because mine looked almost exactly like that. I, I think I should be able to dig up some pictures <laughs> of uh, this on Twitter or something, but it was my idea first. Oh, well, some, I mean, would you? Uh, it's well, actually, like it's it's it is, it is Lego. It's not like Blocko or some like third. <laughs> it is actually like licensed Lego. Oh, yeah. licensed Lego in the box. Nice. Like they're, they're actual Lego pieces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're um, they're small. I don't know if it... I don't see the Lego license on there, but... Um, hold on. Let me see. I need Live to open this up now. Yasmin opens the Lego Live package. on air, Yasmin tries to open this. The, the, way, to, the way to tell no, is... No, uh, so it says Phi. Oh. oh you can't well. really see that, so... So That's instead interesting. Of, uh, okay, so they had. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's compatible with Lego or not, but it's cool that they, they, because actual actual Lego <laughs> pieces like have like the Lego thing on in each little peg. I was cause I was gonna say like you could combine it with kits and like do like the Lego like uh, Wally. Uh, I've got wall. I've got my Lego. Oh my Wally gosh! Here. How awesome would that be to put the stand on top of the Lego You're, Wally exactly, and then just so. have your phone go around? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to test that out. I know I have some Legos around the house somewhere. Um, but no, let's, it let's, says let's, let's see if Google really is the... about this. We embrace all platforms. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're running. <laughs> well, I do think the the patent or the license, which whichever one it was on Lego, expired like a while back, didn't it? So now anyone can make Lego pieces that plug into Lego. They can't put the obviously the brand on there, but they're allowed to make pieces of that that are the same size. Oh, very interesting. I think they were just uh, following mater- uh, material. They were following Mat- Matthias Duarte's uh, Lego story, and so they just wanted to build that into it because they they heard her oh. story about you know. You don't uh, think Matthias he was trying Duarte's. to promote that on the show last week, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Shameless self promotion, so. right there. Yeah, we didn't even catch oh, on you, to you, that. You, he was just you, like Lego. You could see that twinkle in his <laughs> eye. He was like, "Oh God, I know, I know that we're sending that special gift to Yasmin. I don't want to blow it, but oh goodness." <laughs> Isn't this going to be nice serendipity? And now, now you have to step on it, Yasmin. Put one on the floor and just uh, step on it. I was, I was, I was going to say that's how you, that's how you know if it's real Lego or not. Just put two pieces and step on them with both feet. 
<laughs> Whichever one makes really, you really, yell really at your really kids hurts. louder is the is the Lego piece. <laughs> it's the real Lego. Some choice words that will come out that my daughter wasn't supposed to learn at such a young age. <laughs> <laughs> so I see in your hand, Andy, that you are sporting a Moto 360 version 2. Indeed. And, and Russell. Do we have the same uh, model? Wow. So Indeed we do. That. I'm so jealous. Not, not, it's not, not just because like we have the same like taste, but I think we both went to Motomaker and tried every single permutation <laughs> and combination and said yes. that, yeah, it really has to be like the, the metal version with the brown leather strap because every combination of like yellow metal textured with the black body and that no that looks like i i it, i i i look like a secondhand bmw dealer wearing this watch and i don't want to <laughs> look like that <laughs> I, yeah i did exactly the same thing i i spent i reckon half an hour configuring um different watch styles and i just couldn't get over the fact that the default one they give you on the website is probably the the best looking i'm like fine i'll, I'll get the default if this, if if this were in a tray of watches at any store that's the one that i would pick up at least because it's the most stylish one but yeah it's uh i've the i'm not going to say that the summer long nightmare is over i'm just saying that <laughs> i've i've uh, I, I bought a we I think we talked about it uh, did we discuss it last week i, I bought a uh, a nexus 5x uh in the black friday sale uh, because I still have uh, Google's Loners XP, uh, SP and uh, uh, 6P and 5X, but I decided that I wanted one of my own. I didn't know for a fact that I was going to switch back yet or not. And because it, it's weird. I get all these Android phones, and, and I always like set them up, which is why whenever I buy uh, a Kindle book, it's always install on Andy's 93rd Kindle. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I should, I, should, I should really name the ones that the, the, the Kindle actually owns so I can actually target them. But for some reason, knowing that, no, no, this will never have to go back to anywhere. And plus, it's I own it so I can I can use it for personal work. Uh, and uh, I, I found myself actually setting up, setting it up the way I would set it up if I were going to be using this as a daily driver. And after two hours of not stress and frustration, it's not, that's not the reason why it took two hours, the two hours of just having fun and thinking about, well, how, ha how do I use phones differently now than I used to, let's even in January or February of this year, I just wound up with such a great custom fit to my lifestyle that I did use it for a couple of days just wi-fi tethered to my iphone but then at the end of that i just said oh who am i kidding and i just moved the moved the sim in and i got my uber app and everything authorized for all that stuff and i set up google wallet on it and then i set up the the the, the my, my watch for it and then i chose all the the watch faces i wanted and now i'm very 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 I did. I never disliked having a, an iPhone and an Apple Watch, but I didn't fully appreciate how much happier I would be once I went back to uh, the. <laughs> back. To back. This, is, this is one of the longest running uh, discussion topics I think we've had on our show. People email us and they're like, "Why is Andy on iOS? Come back, Andy. Come back <laughs> now. You have your wish, listeners. Andy is back. But most importantly, Andy, which which color did you get? Uh, I got. I, I was. I was tempted by. Uh, I, I wanted something a little bit more, either black, white, or like 1972 suburban backyard in-ground pool cement bottom color aqua or whatever they call it. I was actually hoping for if they had like a red or something. I, I really wish that Moto Moto Maker was available for it. Not that I wanted eight different trim styles in one package, but you'd like to be able to pick like one really distinct color. I did go for the black. 
because that's that's what my uh, Nexus Five was. Aww. And then I wish, but I wish I'd thought a little bit ahead because I definitely wanted the spec case for it. Uh, it's one of the few third party cases that are really custom fit for it, and that one is only available in black or white. So I bought the black case, and now it looks like uh, do I have uh, where did I put it? Um, and now, now it really this is does. The real test. Does Andy have it on his person? <laughs> yeah. No, no. We're, 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 this is this is podcast day, which means that it's. You heard it here first. Andy just lied to us on the air. <laughs> told us he had the five X, and he can't. I find own it. Now. It's <laughs> a possession of mine. I'm just, I'm just happy that you don't have to put that ugly, hideous Apple case on you for extra battery. That that is all that I'm happy on. I'm just happy that you you have a five X in your hand now, and you don't have to get that ugly. Uh, what, was that 6S uh, like extra battery silicon cover that they came out with? I don't think it's I don't think it's that ugly. I think I, I'm glad that Apple with the, the, just so if you haven't seen it, it's a battery extender. It's not as though it's like oh my god, Apple has finally solved come up with this idea of putting a battery in a case. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that a million times, uh, but it's getting a lot of attention a because Apple's making it, but also because all they pretty much did design wise was they took the really nice silicone case beautiful like fitted case and they put like a, a a bump on the back of it that's roughly the size of whatever battery pack uh a friend of mine craig hockenberry uh <laughs> tweeted out oh my god i didn't even know a battery case could get knocked up because that's kind of what look, look, looks like it's pregnant <laughs> with a smaller phone it look, looks like it's pregnant with an eye like like with an apple watch pretty much uh, but uh, but I'm see I, I'm happy because Apple didn't Apple did a lot of really bad like design things. They made a, key, a, a desktop keyboard that was so thin that it's like super uncomfortable to type on. They made an Apple pencil that doesn't have any place that you can actually clip it to a pocket or carry it around in. They made an Apple mouse where the charging port is on the flat part of it at the bottom so you have to just, turn just it yesterday upside i ran down. out of charge and i was in the middle of doing something i'm like well i guess i'll stop for two minutes while i flip it's this an, thing it's, over and it's, plug it in. it's adorable when when the it's like it looks like a turtle and when it dies you have to flip it over on its back just like a turtle and just you know put in a bill put plug it full of ivs or something like that but 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 getting it into google it's like it's always fun to watch some of the more like Ellen Jamesian like Apple commentators and bloggers who are like when a uh, when a, a phone when a phone manufacturer came out with a camera a phone where they put such a big really wonderful camera sensor in it that the only solution was to make the camera section bump out a little bit to accommodate this really brilliant sensor and like i said some some of the more intense people were like oh that's so ugly you'd never see apple doing that isn't that horrible <laughs> and then i'm like okay, I'm, I'm, you know they're, they're entitled to their opinion the design is very subjective but then okay so here's the iphone 6 where apple has bumped out the camera section uh, to accommodate a larger sensor now are you now are you going to say only apple would say that the, <laughs> the needs of the camera are are, are sacrosanct <laughs> And so I, I'm just I'm looking forward. To, I've been busy today, so I haven't really read reviews of it. But I'm looking forward to people saying, "You see, it comes down to the intrinsic nature of the device. They've been able to double the capacity without adding the extraneous parts that on a Mophie case. See, Mophie will just double the thickness of the entire thing from end to end. Apple knows that that's just wasted space. You can." <laughs> But believe me, Andy, I, I have read it. That commentary already exists. I, yeah. I, yeah, it's out there. That's 
Yeah, I mean, you do. To be fair, you see that in the Android word as well. As well. People laugh at oh, things Apple do, and it's, it's and not then, Apple. It's partisanship. Right? Yeah, exactly. And then the you know Android will do it, and they'll be like, no, no, but uh, Google did it because you know it's more open this way, and now it works with all these extra things. And you're like, yeah, okay, I guess. But if it was a bad decision before, it's it's still a bad decision. <laughs> I I think it looks hideous, but you know, if you want battery, I guess they've <laughs> got one more choice. But if you want battery, get an Android phone. Use <laughs> get get a marshmallow Android phone. Use the doze feature, and by the time you go to bed, you're going to bed with like forty percent, and you don't need a pregnant <laughs> iPhone. It, we, we we finally have Android phones that I don't have to carry like a car battery <laughs> with me if I'm leaving the house for more than three and a half hours. <laughs> and not, let's not get full of ourselves. We're we're just we're just at the apex. I it's I, I actually blogged about it this morning because I can't believe that I was like so giddy over something so stupid i had a really long day of uh, meetings and work and stuff like that uh so i didn't get back home until like 10 p.m i just like tossed my phone and my stuff on the kitchen counter like filled a tumbler full of water went upstairs to bed forgot to plug it in woke up and like oh damn it i got a breakfast thing too so let's let's run downstairs for the shower if i plug it in maybe i'll get it has fast charging if i plug it in maybe i can get like enough juice so that i can go to this breakfast meeting and come back again and it was right there and it had like 37 percent battery left which is pretty much where i'd left it and i had i was so giddy like oh my god when i when i when when i left it on the counter and wasn't using it at all it drained almost nothing down from there (laughs) because i'm so i've been so beaten down by life and by previous android batteries that it's like oh damn it i forgot i i left it in my pocket for two and a half hours so by the time i this this plane actually lands i'm not gonna have any battery left damn it i should have and it was it was a hundred. I shouldn't have bothered charging it before I boarded the plane if I wasn't going to use it. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I, I will say sometimes I'm not sure if it's doze or something else, but sometimes it seems to doze a little bit too much because my Moto 360 will actually disconnect. And just periodically, I see that little that little cloud symbol that comes up with the cross through it, and it, it goes away pretty quickly. But I, I don't know what it's doing in the background there. It seems like every now and again it just loses um, connection with the watch. So I, w- I wonder if that's related. It goes, you know, it falls asleep, it misses the alarm, and it's just like oh, I can't get up. It might just be terrible Android Bluetooth issues because that's always been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's that's the issue I'm having. So one of the things with Android Auto, as I mentioned previously before, is that it sometimes has problems connecting to my phone, which is, okay, fine, my, my car has Bluetooth so I can play music on the Bluetooth. But sometimes it just doesn't even connect and especially when i plug in to connect to android auto it disconnects my bluetooth because android auto like takes over that feature that feature on my phone or something i don't know it's uh bluetooth has never been my friend on android it's uh it's never works quite perfectly how you want it to it's it's not much it, i have the same issues on the iphone as well there's something about the bluetooth standard that um no matter how well you implement the entire stack, there's, there's always issues with it. And I think half the time, maybe they're with the car because obviously you don't, it's not normal that you get firmware updates for your Volkswagen or whatever. So that, that might be part of it, but yeah, someone needs to fix that. But, 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 but something big came out today and a whole bunch of reviews landed. It is the Pixel C. <laughs> Woo! Can you see the Pixel? Oh, I'm not even going to make that joke. <laughs> but yeah, it's finally out. We were all wondering, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, like when is when is this tablet going to ship? And here it is. Like Andy, the big question is here, do you, do you have one? Normally you have one of these somewhere on hand or 12 of them. I do not. I have the I, I have I just I have I just got the Surface Pro 4 and I just published my review of the iPad. Uh, iPad Pro, so no, I haven't checked it out yet. 
I, I was, I, was hope, I, I don't want to ask them for it until I know that I have two weeks in which I can spend testing it out. I, and I know I'm not going to get to it till after the holidays. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I, I obviously don't have one either. They're, they're not out in Australia just yet. They're in the store, but for some reason they're out of stock. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's another <laughs> new Google launch feature where um, now they can launch something <laughs> without any stock at all. They're just like, here it is, but uh, you can't order it yet. Oh, Instant thanks. sellout. Thanks, Google. That's good PR copy. Yeah, I've been reading some of the reviews um, and everyone is saying that it is an elegant looking device. It looks really sleek. Uh, but one of the major drawbacks is that there's no split screen multitasking, which they're having issues with such a big screen. It's You, you have a, a big screen that has a keyboard and there's not a way to do multitasking on it. So I hope that that comes to Android soon. Yeah, I was watching, I think it's Dita, Dita Bone at the, at the Verge. They do really nice um, video reviews of a lot of things. So I w- watch him as, you know, he snaps it into the thing, folds it. It looked really elegant, like the way the keyboard attaches. And it definitely doesn't look like it has issues where, you know, you tilt it a little bit and then it falls over. They, they look like they've, they've catered to all that. And by all accounts, it's a really nice um, piece of hardware. I, I don't know if they announced this in the announcement, but I, I did notice as well that when you close it up, apparently it'll charge the, the keyboard for you. So it's got wireless charging in there as well, which is really nice. But that does seem to be the thing, that they launched this really, really nice hardware product um, without yet having it optimized Android for it. So you, all your apps are full screen. Sometimes you'll have issues with um, you know, apps that are built for phones and they'll want to force your device into portrait and your keyboard is landscape. And now what do you do? Do you hold the whole tablet like sideways and type you know, at 90 <laughs> degrees on, on your keyboard? It's, it's all these little things that you know, will probably get ironed out over time, but it's just interesting to me that it's such a solid, solid, solid piece of hardware from Google and you just don't have the, the software you know, inside Android to... To kind of back it up, yeah. To say nothing of the uh, of the fact that you just, I still, I really think the only really outstanding piece of tablet tablet software for Android is still Microsoft Office, and that's because they've put it on pretty much everything. I, I'm I'm very hard pressed to find the same sort of library that I've found uh, for the iPad Pro. The iPad Pro is there's so many great, or even the 9.7 inch iPads. There's so much really great productivity software out there that if you wanted to use it the way that clearly Google intends people to use the Pixel. All the software is right there, but you're not really going to find it, I don't think, for uh, for Android. Yeah, I mean that that's been a continuing issue, and I think out, out of the three platforms, if you've got um, iOS, you know, Windows 10, and Android in the tablet space, Android is probably the one that's right at the back of the pack, which is, a, you know, it's an unusual place to find yourself when your phones sell like crazy and there's such good software on the phone. You know, any app that you want, you can go out and find you know, 10 different versions of it and, you know, five of them will be amazing. You go to the tablet space and you find all those really amazing phone apps are generally just blown up. They're, they're wider, they're stretched, they've got padding around them. And I think the reason traditionally has been that Android tablets just haven't sold that well. So you have app developers like me that when we go to spend time on the tablet experience, we're like, well, we can't spend two months customizing this and having everything you know, work differently on the tablet because at the end of the day, maybe like a thousand people are going to use this, maybe 2,000. That's a tiny, you know, percentage of our user base compared to all these, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are, that are on phone. So it's, it's that whole attention thing. Like as a developer, you want to always make the best experience you can, but you're also time constrained. And the, I mean, I understand that from third party developers. The one I don't get is Google Docs. I don't know if you've ever tried running um, any of the Google Docs apps on an Android tablet, it's it works, it fills the screen, but it's just not, yeah, elegant is not how I'd describe it. It seems like even that app, you know, struggles to be optimized for a tablet. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've just, as, as part of my switching back to Android, I was using, I was using BeyondPod for years, 
uh, before that because it was very, 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 very nerdy. And I'm a very, very nerdy podcast user. But I switched to Pocket Casts uh, because <laughs> it's it, because Andy it's, Switch Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, not 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 to not to derail uh, our conversation about the Pixel. But it's, sometimes it's good to have like I'm going to reconsider every single app that I've always used. Uh, and see if there's a better one. I, and one of the things I loved about uh, about uh, Pocket Cast is that it's just so in love with material design, uh, and so I loved it a lot. Um, but what, what what you said kind of got me thinking that you do have. Uh, you, I mean, you've, Pocket Cast is supported pretty much on every single platform. But if you do want like a widescreen like tablet sort of experience, you have a web version that you also charge for, which I'm paying for because it's it's so awesome. It's like, uh, would you say that if uh, if you have to spend some money optimizing it for a larger screen, you're better off doing a web version that pretty much anybody can use than targeting Android tablets? Yeah, it's going to come down to the individual app. I know that's a really obvious thing to say, but it really does. So for us, when we built the web version, we looked at um, the kind of feedback we were getting from customers. And there was a lot of people who were going to work. And they're like, I can't plug my headphones into my phone at work. It just looks like I'm not working. Like my boss is going to walk past and say like, oh, that, that's nice, Russell. Um, don't you have work to do? Like why are your headphones going down there? <laughs> Where if they said this magical thing happens when you plug your headphones into the tower or laptop that comes with your work machine, suddenly you're doing work and you don't have to install anything. And that's, I think, the huge benefit of a, a web version. Anyone can, you know, fire it up in any web browser or anything that they're on. But the interesting thing about podcasting apps is sometimes you want to download your content so that's that's the huge downside of a web version you know the streaming works amazingly well and you know all your stuff is in sync but the second you want to i don't know take your tablet on a flight or you're going to take it in the subway where there's no reception or maybe the tablet you have um, is wi-fi only so as soon as you step out of your house or your workplace or your cafe there's no way to get your podcast that's where you really want that offline experience but that's the thing like you as a developer you can't spend lots and lots of time with that if you're not going to make your money back and I think that's the big thing holding back Android tablets is it's the same same problem a lot of other platforms like Windows Phone has, for example. It's the chicken and egg thing. There's not enough good apps to drive the platform forward and there's not enough devices out there to drive the app developers to make good apps. And so you're locked in this weird standoff, which I think the iPad is probably the only tablet that's managed to overcome it just because it's sold. You'd probably know better than me, Andy. Hundreds yeah. of millions of, of I was going to call them versions, hundreds of millions of devices. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it, even a lot of Android users have an iPad laid in their house. Like, I have an iPad in my house. That's the tablet we first got, and then we got a Nexus tablet when I went to Google I.O. But I, we, I didn't actually go out and buy an Android tablet. Um, it was one that was kind of gifted to me. And yes, for, for kids using the Android tablet, like, it's a lot cheaper. And there's actually a lot of the app developers are developing for that platform, which makes it a lot easier. But for I think for a lot of families, when they're going out and choosing a tablet, they're are usually just looking for for the iPad. Uh, so I had I actually had a question for you, Russell. So I know that supporting uh, different sizes, screen sizes on Android is a lot easier than on iOS. Would you say that that is like a benefit or has become now more of a downfall for the tablet at Android at ecosystem for the apps? Because uh, with iOS, you really had to build an, an app that worked for the iPad because it, it was a lot more like the, the screen size you were building to direct screen. But with Android, you have a little bit more freedom. So I'm wondering if, if it's 
better because yay, it's a lot easier to support a tablet or is it worse because if, because it is so easy that there's not a whole lot of thought that goes into creating a tablet app. Well, it, it's interesting. This, this has changed over time as well. So when we built our first um, iPad app, you targeted that screen size directly. You know, it's still burned into my brain. 1024 by 768 is the, uh, the dimensions. And back then, the, the tools weren't great for supporting the, you know, different screen sizes. So you used to literally, um, most of your stuff lay out, you know, absolutely on the screen. This goes at this pixel position and it's this big and this goes here. And then, interestingly enough, in iOS 9, Apple has done the thing where you can do split screen apps and you can stretch them to one third, you know, halfway or two thirds of your screen. And what you're starting to see now is a lot of things that have traditionally happened on Android are starting to happen on iOS. So app developers look at that and they go, okay, I now have to support these three different sizes on a tablet. I can, I can still make the really nice full screen interface. I can spend a lot of time on that. But what happens when it's half the size and a third of the size? So you end up with what most people do is at a third of the size you have your iPhone app. Um, at a half the size you have maybe stretched iPhone app. And then when it goes full screen, you have to decide, do we stretch it even more and just add more padding or do we have a completely different interface in there? So it's, as a developer, it's tough. Like this, it only seems to be getting harder. Like every year when we go to update something, there's more configurations, there's more screen sizes and it's no longer the case where you can say, oh, you know, Android's terrible because there's all these different screen sizes. iOS is, is just as bad if, if not worse. And I, I think, you know, a lot of developers are, are struggling with that at the moment. Yeah, I mean, either way, I mean, Apple for a couple of years has been trying to get developers to say, please don't target a specific screen size because you're, you're, you, there's going to be, you know, we can't tell you about unannounced products, but there's going to be times when your app is going to be expected to be painted into container that you can't really predict. And everyone's thinking, of course, uh, different screen sizes, which are true, but they were also thinking about a split screen mode that didn't come until iOS 9, uh, which is you know, talking about competition between uh, you know, Apple fanboys and uh, Android fanboys and fangirls. Uh, uh, you know, they, the first tablet that really had split screen multitasking that really worked was the Galaxy Tab. Uh, I was really surprised that this doesn't have something like that because we know that it's... Uh, there, there's uh, I've I've where I've, I've read about it recently. I think that if you have a rooted phone and you do some hocus pocus, you can activate a feature that's already there for split screen multitasking and having like two separate panes. But like I said, it's already there on the Galaxy Tab, and that's just that's just one of the many alternatives people have. If you're spending the the Pixel C costs five hundred bucks, and that's without a keyboard, so it's five hundred bucks plus one hundred and fifty if you want that special decimal one. Uh, that's more than enough to get a Galaxy Tab. Uh, it's more than enough to get uh, a uh, an iPad Air 2 and with money left over to buy the keyboard of your choice. Uh, if you're worried about having desktop class software, you can get an actual desktop uh, <laughs> tablet. I mean, uh, the Surface, I've been talking, and a lot of people have been talking about the Surface Pro 4, which is like their good as, uh, Microsoft's good as a notebook one. But they also have the Surface 3, which is a full-featured, Windows 10 notebook that runs real Windows 10 software. So you can't run Photoshop on it. You're not going to you know, operate a 3D lathe based on the processing power of this thing. But again, for about the cost of a Pixel, you can buy this really, really muscular thing that runs almost every Windows app that's out there. So I don't know. It's what I. I have the same. That's another reason why I wasn't rushing out to like make sure I got uh, an eval unit as, as early as I could. It. I, I don't know if Google was saying that this is an important device that we think aims uh, talks about the, the the future of our platform. It seems like what the Nexus phones were like two or three years ago, where they were less consumer, 
you know, uh, John and Jane user oriented phones, and they're more like, hello, Mr. Developer and Mrs. Developer and Miss Ms. Developer. Uh, here is a device that now you can own and write apps for and figure out what these apps are going to look like on a real premium uh, tablet that runs uh, pure Android. It's, it just doesn't look like a consumer device right now. No, you're definitely right. I mean, it's <laughs> hardware-wise, it is it is most definitely something that you go out and buy. It's just it looks like a really nice piece of hardware. You know, it's it's well priced, but the software isn't there. And you have to wonder, you know, Google I/O, um, you know, May of next year, Android, I don't know, six point one or seven point zero. You know, now with split-screen multitasking, maybe even some kind of you know preview of that ahead of time, because Google normally they do reach out to a whole bunch of developers. Um, and say, hey, you know, we're working on this thing. Do you want to sign this NDA and work with us? We we don't have anything like that on our desk. Otherwise, I wouldn't be um, talking about it. But it wouldn't surprise me if if next year something like that starts up. And then there's more than just the Pixel because, you know, as we know, the Nexus devices don't. I don't know this is a Pixel device, but similar, they don't tend to sell in huge numbers. So you'd have to think that they're going to try and get you know other manufacturers on board. So your Samsungs, maybe you know Asus, uh, HTC. I don't know if they even make. Um, tablets anymore but get some of those people on board and have some kind of common platform to say look Samsung we know you did this um, split screen thing you know you did a good job you had these minimized apps but here it is built into Android you know let's let's do the same thing going forward because as a developer that's always been the biggest pain point like I've lost count of the amount of time Samsung's come to us and said hey can you support this special feature of our phone or this special feature of our phone they even I believe this year for the first time ran their own developer conference you know Samsung developers and that that's fine, but that as a small developer, you just can't do that. Like I, I can't optimize my device for twelve different, you know, manufacturers and twelve different ways of doing things. It has to be baked into the core OS. And maybe, maybe if that happens, you know, maybe in a few years' time, we will see a, a future for Android tablets. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Well, all, all I'm all I'm saying is that when you pack your bags for Google I/O, I think you're going to have to leave room in your luggage for the free Pixel that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel as though they'll have enough stock remaining to give one to every developer registered for the conference. Oh, I would be so I happy will, if I did. I will gladly accept it with open <laughs> arms. <laughs> I, I actually remember that like everyone was so upset because they didn't announce it at the keynote that we were getting the tablets. And we're all like, ah, oh, seriously, a new Google Cardboard? Like, thanks, Google. We come to this and all you give us is Google Cardboard. And then uh, they actually <laughs> announced it on email. Like they started sending emails right after the keynote saying like, don't forget to get your uh, Nexus tablet, free Nexus tablet. And then you see all these like developers checking their phones and going, yay. <laughs> so yes, I will be cheering for the Pixel C. We'll continue to summarize Google News for you. But after this, where we're going to be talking to you about a competing product that will make all of us obsolete and put us out on the street. <laughs> so if, if you're sick of getting your news from um, RSS and Facebook and Twitter, or maybe... You know, maybe you're just busy. I discovered this thing recently and it happens to be our sponsor for this week. So, um, you know, really fortunate. So does your job require you to keep up to date with the latest trends of technology? Have you ever been in a conversation where someone is mentioning um, some piece of tech or news that everyone seems to know about and you feel left out? You know, maybe you're too busy. You can't can't keep up with it all well there's this thing called the sizzle and it actually comes out of australia so there's so it's a, a deadly guy, poison it's, it's deadly, deadly poison, poison. <laughs> tip out your boots in the morning to make sure there's no sizzle crawling in there for heat <laughs> so you might be wondering is this some kind of like barbecue related product what, what is sizzling it's actually a daily email newsletter and what anthony the the author of it does is he finds the five most interesting news articles that happened 
for the day. He summarizes them, and I know you're thinking, you know, this still doesn't sound exciting, but he he definitely has a way of writing that's that's quite humorous and quite interesting, and he tends to surface things that, you know, I, I don't find. So I'll find I've I've unsubscribed for a lot of RSS, and I just have this thing that, you know, it comes through with this daily email. He has a special offer for us today as well. If you go to thesizzle.com.au slash material, you can sign up for one week. There's no, he doesn't ask you for a credit card, he doesn't ask you for anything. All you have to do is put your email in the box and just see if you like it for a week. You know, you start to get these things at um, it's 4 p.m. every day, you know, my time, whatever that works out to in your time zone. And you can just see, you know, is there some interesting content in here? Is there not? It, it's funny, the entire um, Shifty Jelly office signed up for the, the sizzle when it first came out because we, we all know Anthony. He's a bit of a crazy guy. He was the one who actually flew to America and bought 24 iPads when the iPad first launched <laughs> just because it was not here in Australia. He's like, this is this is unacceptable. You know, as a technology nerd, I must have my iPad. And so he, I think he got on a flight. He bought t- roughly 24 iPads and he got on a flight, you know, the next day and flew back and, you know, gave them out to all the nerds. It was like nerd Christmas at the airport. You know, that's the first time I met Anthony as he was handing me the the iPad one. And so you, you can experience some of that. So again, the sizzle.com.au slash material. We've, we've all since subscribed uh, here in the Shifty office. We find it really useful. You know, if you don't, you don't have to. If you find it exciting, you can hit the subscribe button at the end. So go check it out. So there was a cool update that came from the YouTube team this week is that they added a reporting tool for hate speech that did not seem to be exist before, which I actually think is really great that you can, you know, if you find if you're watching a YouTube video, and there's something that you know, is violent or hateful or abusive content, you can actually report it to Google. Um, and the YouTube team will look into it and investigate it, which I think is something that's really important, especially in the internet community. Is uh, the internet has the the best and the wor- worst parts of civilization? It seems uh, you know it has the best parts, which includes all of you wonderful listeners, because we care about you all so much, and has all uh, you know all these uh, a great community. But you know, there's also some uh, some people out there that uh, just want to watch the world burn. Yes, and if any if anyone's ever scrolled through YouTube comments, you'll know that those people definitely exist. <laughs> so I'm glad that YouTube uh, took the initiative to add that and seeing how that unfolds. Yeah, I think that, I think it's reflective of a positively changing climate. That um, I think I think more people are aware of exactly how bad these things go. That if you a lot of people can have had have had that experience with oh my goodness someone just said something really really stupid and mean isn't that horrible that there are people like that out there and you think that well it's bad it would be nice if those people weren't uh, if, uh, if those comments could be blocked but then you f- see the sort of stuff that a lot of uh, women uh, in, uh, on who stick their heads above the above the above the trenches in uh, in online media have to deal with and it's getting the, it's the sort of stuff that you get the FBI involved not just uh, Google commenting police uh, and so uh, it's I think there's a more of a concerted hope or I'm hoping there's more of a concerted effort that the entire community not just people who feel as though they're activists uh, feel though this is a uh, a problem that needs to be solved. Everybody needs to feel safe. And uh, I'm glad that there is now uh, an expanded reporting tool. I hope that this is reflected by multiple stories of action being effective action being taken promptly. Uh, we can all remember stories uh, from Facebook and Twitter where you've reported something that is absolutely shocking and you get a curt automated response back from Facebook saying that this post is not violate any Facebook terms, but thank you for bringing it to our attention anyway. 
So we really, it, it, it uh, you got to have smart eyes at both ends of that process, and I hope that there's at the at the Google end, there are people who have got their thumbs over the over the buttons. Yeah, I, I did see just um, during the week actually, Matthias Duarte linked to an interesting article um, from one of the Wikipedia developers, and they were actually saying that as a you know user experience designer and also as an engineer, when you come to build these social systems, you kind of want to consider you know how people may abuse them. So it's it's not enough to sit down and say. Okay, there's a 41-year-old, you know, single mum here and she's very nice and she wants to use it for this and there's an, another guy over here and he wants to use it for this and there's a child who wants to use it for this. You also have to factor in, okay, if someone really wants to abuse someone on here or they want to be nasty or they just want to troll people, how are we going to handle that? You know, that needs to be part of the core system um, up front and it, I guess it wasn't in YouTube and it's nice to see them, you know, rolling that stuff in. I, I guess it... They are very, very late to the game, but it's nice that they're doing something. You know, it's always worse when a company um, doubles down and says, no, this is how it's always been and we're successful, so we're not, we're not changing a thing. You know, free speech and, and everybody is allowed to say whatever they want and it's, it's a free-for-all. I don't, I don't know that that works online. You do need some, you know, some level of policing just so that everyone on your service, you know, can feel safe. I think that's, that's an important thing. I'm just glad that almost all of these tech companies are now feeling as though they have a responsibility to do whatever good they can with the power that we've given them as a society. Uh, because, you know, a service like Google, it's really like the carpeting that's underneath the entire planet population's feet. And maybe they don't necessarily want to control people or uh, feel as though it's their role to, like, affect change. Uh, nonetheless, they're in the position where their networks and their communication systems and their commenting systems are being used for this sort of stuff. And you're seeing more and more of these folks who are saying, well, here's what we can do, here's what we should do, here's what we feel as though we have an obligation to do. Um, that's It's been coming up a little bit uh, in the past week or so as presidential candidates uh, have been responding to uh, some of the militant group's attacks by saying that uh, you know the the dumb person whose name shall not be named because he loves it when people use his, use his name, saying that well there should be uh, you know Google and Apple they should make sure they could ch- they should change the internet so these two people can't talk to each other and can't plan each other, showing you know that he doesn't know much about how the internet works. But other other serious candidates are saying that not unreasonably that perhaps there are other tools that we can bring into board because they are using social media, they are using private networks in order to do it. Uh, I think partly in response to this, uh, Google chairman Eric Schmidt uh, wrote a really good uh, New York Times editorial uh, that uh, it's short and to the point. Uh, and the, my favorite two paragraphs are at the very, very bottom uh, because they're not uh, – so many of the discussions around this are like, well, here's how – uh, militant groups are using uh, uh, using the internet to coordinate and create destruction, uh, and so basically couching the internet in terms of a mass destruction weapon that has to be you know diffused. Whereas he's talking about it as an opportunity for positive change. Here's here's the last two uh, paragraphs that I actually would like to read in their entirety because if you don't read the whole thing, here's what really uh, made me smile. Authoritarian governments tell their citizens that censorship is necessary for stability. It's our responsibility to demonstrate that stability and free expression go hand in hand. We should make it ever easier 
to see the news from another country's point of view and understand the global consciousness free from filter or bias. We should build tools to help de-escalate tensions on social media, sort of like spell checkers, but for hate and harassment. We should target social accounts for terrorist groups like the Islamic State and remove videos before they spread or help those countering terrorist messages to find their voice. Without this type of leadership from government, from citizens, from tech companies, the internet could become a vehicle for further disaggregation of poorly built societies and the empowerment of the wrong people and the wrong voices. The good news is it's all within reach. Intuition, compassion, creativity, these are the tools that we will use to combat violence and terror online, to drown out the hate with a broadly shared humanity that only the web makes possible. It's up to us to make sure that when the young girl reading this in Indonesia on her tablet moves on from the page, the web that awaits her is a safe and vibrant place, free from coercion and conformity. And the piece ends. And that's exactly that, that's that's exactly what I would hope a person in power to affect change would say about how he feels he can best use that power. Yeah, no, there's not much really that you can add to it, that, except that, you know, and, you know, a lot of people single out an activity. They'll say, you know, these group of people coordinated on this particular network. So either we should just, you know, give the government a backdoor into that network or we should shut down that network. But that's that's not really how the Internet works. You know, you have to you have to build better systems than that. You can't just say we're going to shut all the bad people out and let all the good people, you know, have a voice. You have to actually um, build systems, you know, around it. And I, I think that's what, you know, this this uh, this article hints at. I, I do like the, the analogy, sort of like a spell checker, but for hate and harassment. Like if you can build um, algorithms around that and if you can build ways of quickly spotting that and if you can build ways of not propagating, you know, hate and, and that sort of thing, then you can build, you know, the same systems you're building today just with that extra layer in there. And you you can have, I know it sounds cheesy, but you can have a better internet for all, if, if that makes sense. And one of the greatest communities that I've gotten the pleasure to meet is the Android community. And Android community, we have a special offer for you. Uh, DroidCon San Francisco is coming. It is the world's largest community-driven Android developer conference. And it's coming to San Francisco for the first time March 17th through 18th at Fort Mason Center. And DroidCon is a 100% Android conference that covers all aspects of the Android ecosystem from mobile devices to TV to cars to gaming and more. The call for papers is already on and you'll get a free ticket to the conference if your talk is selected. Or buy a ticket now with all your exclusive 20% off deal for early bird and student tickets. Just enter the promo code material at checkout. Discount offer valid through December 20th. You can find out more information at sf.droidcon.com. And don't forget to enter the code material at checkout for 20% off the conference. And I look forward to seeing you all there. And there's a fun new thing for OnHub owners. So OnHub was the router that Google uh, recently came out with. And it's a, a fun little router that I have uh, have in my house now. And a lot of people are asking, Yasmin, we want to hear more about the OnHub router. And well, the thing is, you really don't want to hear more because if you're hearing me talk about the OnHub router, that means that I'm probably complaining about it <laughs> and that it's not very good. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where a router, you don't really uh, notice it until it's not working. Um, and so that's a good sign. The OnHub router hasn't given me any trouble. We, I use it here for Skype on, you know, on Wi-Fi. And uh, before my Fire TV used to be correct uh, connected to Ethernet to the router directly. And now it's just working off Wi-Fi. So 
I haven't had any issues, um, which is great. And the app is really nice and easy to use when you do need to use it. And so that that is my only tidbit is that I've enjoyed it. But they've actually introduced this really fun thing called on, on Hub Makers and with Google. And so they have these uh, neat accessories that you can decorate your on Hub with. So I mean, the on Hub is already a beautiful looking router. And the whole idea of the on Hub was, let's create this beautiful router that people will not want to hide behind, you know, this shelf or something, they actually want you to showcase it. And so we, they realized that, you know, although black and a dark blue are usually great colors that fit in most general all the all the living rooms, um, they have given you an option to decorate it and make it even more, you know, blend into your home. Um, so they have some, some neat things like, of, of course, they have some funny things where it's just like uh, just being crafty and creative. Uh, but they also have this link out for these things called shells for the OnHub. And it's available at the Google Play Store, but they're actually not listed as being sold uh, as being available to sell right now. They just have a product page and they're really beautiful. Like one of them is a like wooden, a wooden shell. Another one has this like gold and white uh, design on it. So I, I think it's fun. They're really trying to push the whole, hey, keep it out there. Show everyone you're on Hub. It's a beautiful device. And because of that, you're going to actually get better connection and better Wi-Fi. Uh, mine blends into my living room just fine. But hey, I don't think I would mind that wooden shell. It looks pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, I never thought this is something I'd find myself saying, but I'll, I'll, I want a shell for my router. You know, it's quite often <laughs> you put cases on your phone to make them look different. And the router generally you shove in a cupboard somewhere because you don't want anyone to see the monstrosity there is, that is your Wi-Fi router. But some of these look amazing. And I, I think this, as cheesy as it sounds, and I keep saying this, you could actually put this, you know, somewhere like a kitchen or a living room, put one of these cases around it, and it would actually look good. I, I think that's that's one of the things that I think I love about Google is they just... Every now and again, they'll hit you with some quirky idea and you I, I bet you no one asked for this. I, I can't imagine this was a popular customer demand, but someone inside Google said, hey, you know, why don't we do this? And they're like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, you really like these ideas. You like to see these ideas that there's no rational reason why this should take the world by storm. Someone just thought it was a cool idea and managed to get enough people behind them that for God's sakes, Google is now promoting something which is a sheet of cardboard that you hold against your face that lets you see 3d view masters <laughs> although 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 this this I, I will take issue with that. i think that that's this was a practical uh, thing to get people to put this out in the middle i think they realized how many times people are going to be having to walk up to that to unplug it and plug it back in again to get it to reboot oh. No, well, the the lovely thing, Andy, <laughs> is uh, although I've only had to do that once, is you can do that from within the app. You can reboot it from within the app, so you don't actually have to walk up and get it. So in your face, in your face, you do have to keep rebooting it, but you can do it from wherever you are in the <laughs> you can world. Do it from your phone. <laughs> no, I've only had to reboot it once, um, and I haven't replaced my modem, so it could very much be my modem. Um, and now, now everyone's going to be like, "Oh, sure, Yasmin." Defending the OnHub. That, that's your job, Yasmin. You've got to blame every other piece of hardware that, that's in your home that's not doesn't that's have any sort Google. of Google logo on. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're not Google. Sorry, it must it's, be you. <laughs> it's still such a rat's nest, though. I I keep me I, well. Fortu fortunately, I'm on Verizon FiOS, and I can't switch routers willy nilly. It has to be like this really provided uh, FiOS router because I feel as though I really want to switch to a different uh, a, a different modem or I, I probably should also switch out my uh, older airport ex, uh, airport extreme but it's like Andy 
bits are indeed flowing out of your house towards the internet and bits are flowing from the internet into your house. True or false? That, that would be true. <laughs> Why would you want to insert a variable into that? I suppose I wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're, you're saying, Andy, that you would like it if these things were easier to self-configure and the, the next time that you had to try test something that said, oh, that's okay, it can talk to your router and open a port for the for this port, that it actually – that would be nice. I'm agreeing with you right there. All I'm <laughs> saying is that getting, getting a new internet-connected doorknob that you're going to have installed for three weeks while you tested is not quite as important as getting email and television. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners could help you out here. Our Relay FM network has now uh, announced this membership plan, which is a plan that you can help give directly to the hosts of the shows. So there, there's different. We call it. We call it. We call it. Uh, we, you can you can either support us at the envelope of money slid under the table level, the shoebox <laughs> full of money left in a agreed upon location, or the big box of money that we would be sending <laughs> if the entire town is corrupt and you know that even the district attorney is on the take and is going to look the other way. They call it gold and silver and platinum and onyx or whatever, but think about an envelope, shoebox, or a big box. <laughs> well, think about it this way. You could either buy us all a beer or you could all, you could buy us one beer that we all have to share individually throughout the, the host. So, uh, we'll no, use the, the great thing sanitary. We'll work it out. <laughs> no, the great thing about this is that if you choose to uh, to become a member of and sponsor and support Material Podcast, is that we actually get all of that money except for some transaction fees that the network takes out. But really, it comes to us, the host. Um, and the really neat thing is uh, this was just announced uh, yesterday. So today, yesterday. Is Monday and today is Tuesday and when this comes out it's Thursday but uh well here now now I'm singing a Rebecca Black <laughs> Friday song <laughs> does that one not know like it's Friday fr- okay never yeah, mind. we do yes <laughs> we, we just, please, we, okay. please don't sing <laughs> in just, fact this is choosing. this is our promise to okay, you is- <laughs> if you get one of these uh, membership levels then Yasmin will not sing that song on the air if we don't if we don't get enough members signed up See, well, well no 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 that's let's 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 not make a promise that we don't want to have to stick to because one of the other bonuses is that once a year, all the shows are going to do something special just for the people that are contributing. And we have some ideas in play, but now I'm thinking that Yasmin should sing Rebecca Black's Friday. And now Andy, I start. Now, Andy and now, I are now happy I sh- to be backing singers. I'm just saying. Exactly. Now, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I feel as though if we set like a if we set a reasonably huge backing level. I think that lots of people would like to see that. We're we're going to hide that level for because in case you are so. I'm I'm saying that we're we're going to choose we're going to select a number amongst ourselves, and if the level of backing uh, monetarily exceeds that, we are totally doing that. And a second number where if it exceeds that, we're going to do it on video in costume, dressed as Abba. And dressed a third as number Abba. For, the, for those people that don't want to see either of those things, you're going to have to pay even more. But in in all seriousness, I know a few of you out there are going. You know, your, your show has ads. Um, don't you get enough money? It's it's not really about that. Um, this is this is a completely optional thing. You 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 can still listen to our show. You'll still get all all the same content. You're not missing out on anything. This is for people that think. I love, you know, Relay FM or Material, obviously Material more than any other show. Surely people, surely. It's it's for those people to go, hey, I want to kick you some extra money. You know, here's $5 a month. Here's, here's $10 a month. Or, hey, like I feel insanely generous. Here's just $100 for the entire year. You know, enjoy. And then you get to see the hosts of your, um, you know, favorite podcast, buy more new cool things to, to talk about. Yeah. 
And if, um, you know, if you want to support material, we are the only Android podcast on the network, you know, maybe, maybe show them how many Android users uh, there are out there that are wanting to hear more Android content. May take that as a challenge. But we want to thank one of our some of our listeners that have already uh, pledged support, which was really great. You know, it was announced on Monday, I tweeted out something and someone right away said, hey, done. And yes, they are now a member and supporter of Material Podcast. So thank you, listener that is out there. You know who you are. And we are thankful for all of you. We want to thank everyone for listening to Material. And Andy, where can people find you? Uh, the usual cost of admission for finding my stuff is spelling my last name. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm Anatko on Twitter. You can also go to anatko.com. Uh, we do have a special just for uh, material listeners because we love you so much. Uh, we've waived the spell my name correctly uh, requirement. If you just go to cwob.com, the short for Celestial Waste of Bandwidth, uh, you'll find links to most of the above. I'll put everything that I uh, publish at some point usually goes into the blog alongside thoughts, uh, ideas, and synaptic misfirings. And Russell, where can people find you? Well, I'll tell you what, I've got a material special this week as well. I've found a series of Google videos that I'm absolutely addicted to, and it's it's called Nat and Lowe's 20% Project. So as you know, Googlers do the 20% thing. They get to do, in theory, whatever they want. These two people there, Nat and Lowe, have made these series of short videos where they just go to different parts of Google and they ask people, you know, hey, hey, what do you do? Tell us about it. The latest one about Project Loon, their Google balloon project to get internet across the world, is fascinating. And I've been so addicted to these videos that I can't even remember where I am on, on Twitter or, or website, or even if I'm meant to ship apps or not. So put that into the Googles, people. Nat and Lowe's 20% project. <laughs> Check it out. And, you know, Saturday mornings, usually my family and I like to sit and watch some YouTube videos and Nat and Lowe uh, make it to the list. And we really enjoy the content. So if you're listening, Nat and Lowe, or if anyone knows Nat and Lowe, can you give them a love from us saying we really appreciate the stuff that you're doing? Continue doing it. And you can find me at, at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. You could find us on the web at, at Material Podcast on Twitter. Send us some feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can support us on the web and also find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, stay in material. Friday, Friday. Just a little bit of this little taste. We so <laughs> come, come through with the money first. <laughs> can we make like an Android version of it's Friday? But like we'll just have to have to like figure out a way it's to security like, make patch it about day. Android. It's security patch day. <laughs> we so excited. <laughs> but I rooted it. Security patch day. Security patch day. Oh no, I bricked it. It writes itself. <laughs> Yesterday it was working, working <laughs> too. Hey, it's broken, broken. But I'll... Editing. <laughs> yeah, thank This episode you. is brought to you by editing. <laughs> Have you ever said something foolish that you instantly regretted? Made a joke that you realized that with a large audience could easily be misinterpreted into something wildly inappropriate? Have you ever started a sentence without having any idea of how to end it? Editing is your solution.